You are currently listening to the Mind Your Business series, a series where I interview entrepreneurs within the vegan community. I am your host, Shalina of the Sweet Tooth Vegan Podcast. And for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a while, you would know that I first introduced this series last year. So in this second installment, I have all Canadian guests. I'm so excited, as you could probably tell. Um, I always get excited whenever I have fellow Canadians on my podcast. Um, so yeah, I had the privilege of interviewing Melissa of East End Vegan, Katerina of Dolled Up Desserts, Amandla of Bartholomew Sisters, Damien and Charlene of Melanated Vegan, and Inyoto of Plant-Based Milkshake. So sit back and relax, and I hope that you gain some insightful knowledge and tips on how to build your brand. You are currently listening to episode 26, and in this episode, I interview Melissa of East End Vegan, and we actually did this recording at the beginning of the year back in January. And I would say that this was probably the mark and the beginning of our friendship. Like for me, it's really cool to when I actually become friends with the people that I interview on my podcast. So I'm definitely reaching my goal of making genuine connections with the plant-based vegan community. So overall, I really enjoyed recording this episode with her. She's a person that's really like full of life, she's funny and very insightful and um, very genuine, so I'm really excited to be introducing this episode. So you're listening to episode 26, East End Vegan. Alright, so start off with an icebreaker game, it's called <laughs> Favorite Five. And it's a series of five random questions regarding your favorite things. I'm going to play along with you. So <laughs> the first uh, one is your favorite vacation. That I've been on? That you've been on. Um, South Africa. Oh. Yeah. Um, just because I've never seen a place nice. that beautiful in my life. Wow. And it was just like, yeah, even on the trip there, I landed in Ethiopia. And so I got a taste of Ethiopia for a very short second mm-hmm. and I almost cried. Oh my yeah. gosh. You're so lucky you got you yeah. have to go to the motherland. <laughs> I oh know. Man. That was a goal. That was a goal. Oh wow. That's <laughs> but, yeah. awesome. Thank you. What's cool. yours? Uh for me it would be uh, my first time going to Jamaica with my family. That was I've been twice. Um the last time I went was twenty ten. Um but I can't remember what year I went with my family. But it was it was nice to me- just meet my mom's uh, family and um, her cousins, her aunts, and like be like going back to where my ancestors were brought. Yeah, so. like going home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and really feel like this is home. Yeah, yeah, so it was fun. <laughs> um, second one is your favorite movie, Sister Act Two. Mm. Yeah, is that the, the one with Lauren Hill? Or yeah, yeah, and then she's like. <laughs> So and joyful, joyful. Oh, yeah. Sweet, yeah, so I, honestly, I can sing the whole song, but like I love the dance routines, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. it was just such a good movie. I have yes. others, but like that, no matter what, yeah. Sister Act Two. Yeah. I have several, but my favorite would be Lion King. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. True. 
But why though? Why Lion King? Uh, I guess because as a kid, I always watched it. It's part of my childhood memories with my cousins and stuff, and would sure. act out the characters and stuff. I loved the music. It was um, good. Yeah. And it was honestly a funny movie. Yeah. I, like, that was the first movie I ever cried to. Oh, wow. Ever. Because I was like, what, six, seven years old? And mm. <laughs> it's like, this is so sad. Mufasa's oh, dying. Wow. You actually <laughs> cried. I don't. I did. I did. And I was at a birthday party too oh, no. with other kids, and I was just sitting there in front of the TV, oh. hoping no one would see me, just like crying. Oh shucks! Wow. Yeah, that brings happens. out the emotions. The first movie that made me cry was um, it was a Disney Channel movie. I forget what it's called, but it was actually recorded here at Toronto Reference Library. Really? It's about two twins. Um, one has do you know Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. Uh, even Stevens, yeah, he's in it, and he plays like a. Um, mentally challenged youth oh. and he has like a twin sister I forget what it's called but yeah it made me cry yeah what's it called yeah um, no I don't know this it's an old movie but yeah hmm. one of the scenes were recorded here really yeah <laughs> Toronto. this is actually the scene surprise where, that made me cry yeah yeah the oh. scene in the reference letter mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget what it's called but anyway yeah Wow, um, I'll have to, I'll I'll look for it actually. Yeah, I will. The next one is favorite celebrity, so singer, actor. Hmm, actor. that's a hard one. Okay, no, it's not that hard. Okay, right now it's between Amanda Seals and Kendrick Lamar. Nice. <clears throat> Kendrick Lamar because he's so consistent mm-hmm. at being an amazing person. Um. Amanda Seals, because I've been listening to her podcast nonstop. That's why I also haven't been listening to anything else. Amanda, I don't think I've heard of her. She's in Insecure. Okay. Which yeah. one? She's in... Um, which one? Which character? Oh, the she? character. She's um, Tiffany. The blonde hair. She's having a baby. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So her, because oh. her podcast, like her in, in real life, is like, she's what I wish people would understand wokeness looks like Mm. it's not about putting other people down for being well there's some aspects of her that i'm like uh you can improve but obviously everyone can yeah but um yeah no she's just so like aware but she's super intelligent so she could speak the academic lingo but she can also keep it real at the same time and i like that she knows that balance because Mm -hmm. i feel like when it comes to change we could get really academic and then a lot of people can't relate anymore mm-hmm. so she knows how to do both wow. yeah check that out i would have never like based on her character i would have never thought. right no honestly i was shocked when i discovered her instagram like this is not the same person <laughs> yeah oh, so wow. check her out i think you'll really enjoy her cool yeah kendrick because cool. he's my favorite rapper he's like consistent he's a gemini nice. and i'm a gemini <laughs> but yeah no he's just super consistent and like I don't know. He says what we need to hear cool. and does it well. Nice. Mm-hmm. What about you? For me, um, <clears throat> Alessia Cara. I'm a huge fan. Really? She's from Brampton. I, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Brampton plug? Yes. <laughs> she, um, I connect a lot with her because her music is so, like, all her lyrics are so relatable. Yeah. Sometimes I get kind of freaked out. I'm like, were you stalking me when you wrote this song? Are you in my head? <laughs> yeah. And I just like how she's very humble and just herself. And when she first came out, um, 
when she would go to uh, interviews and stuff, like, she would just wear normal clothes, and, like, yeah. people, sometimes people would, like, kind of make fun of her, um, but she was just herself, just raw, mm. so I really liked that about her, and Chronix, I'm a huge Chronix <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But he's amazing. He is. And, like, sounds the exact same on in concert as he does on his tracks. Mm -hmm. I have so much respect for artists who can do that. Yes, yes. Yeah. I love him. His his songs are so deep. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Chronics. Come back to Toronto. I know. He will. He definitely will. He has a big following here, though. Does he? I feel like it. Well, yeah, that's that's true, because that concert he had, there's a huge turnout. Mm Mm-hmm. And even the first one that I had went to, like, there was a lot of people across races. Wow. Yeah. Yes. yes. So I'm like, he's doing something to unite people oh, as yeah. well. So, like... Yeah, he yeah. even has, like, a huge following in Europe, too. Like, oh, really? he has, like, big shows there. Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. When you it see, is. like, like someone Bali. come from a small island and then, like, legit just take over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Um, next one is your favorite game. Favorite game. <clears throat> Anomia. What was that? Anomia. Anomia. Have you heard of it? No. It's really good. Okay, so it's like a card. It's a board game, but card game. It's not really on a board, but you have like different decks of cards and they all have like a symbol on it. And then there's also like a category on it. So it will say like, um, a place or a country. And if your symbol matches up with the other person's symbol, so there's a bunch of you guys and Mm -hmm. you're just flipping cards, um, when you flip, if your symbol matches somebody else's, then you have to say what's on their card, they have to say what's on your card. And whoever does it first wins that round and gets that card. So it gets really competitive. But also, like, there's some cards you're just like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) So, like, either you, like, look it up or, like, pretty much that person has, like, a free pass for a time being. But, yeah. You gotta play. It's really, really good. Interesting. Yeah. And also to kind of test your smarts, too. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. Cool. Mine would be Taboo. Okay, that's a good game, too. Yeah. <laughs> it could get competitive as well, like, you yeah. know, family. <laughs> really? Yeah. I like that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, and growing up, it would be Snakes and Ladders. I used to always play that really? with my mom. <laughs> you see, I haven't played Snakes and Ladders in ages. Yeah. Was it the so, board game? Yeah, but I had the one where it's a huge mat, like a plastic mat. Oh. It's like a jumbo version. I used to always play with my mom oh. as a kid. So. Oh, that's so nice, though. Yeah. <laughs> my mom didn't play games with Oh, me. no. It's <laughs> not board games. Oh. <laughs> And the last one is your favorite teacher. So either from elementary school, middle school, or high school. Mm. That's a great question. Or post-secondary. I know. I don't know if I've had a great teacher. It's weird. Sure? I know. Oh, no. I can think of teachers who I liked, <laughs> mm-hmm. but no one who really... Actually, no, that's wrong. There's two. Miss Hobbs, because I think she really got me excited about history. Because she was really animated. And also, like, as a kid, I was very strange. But I used to picture her because she was, like, she was very, like, a circle. But, so, I don't know why. 
But because she was so animated, I used to picture her, like, rolling down a hill. I don't know why. I'm such a crazy person. But <laughs> as a kid, that's what I used to think of. But she really did get me excited about history, which awesome. led me to take history in university. Nice. And that was from grade 7. Wow. Yeah. I see that. And then the other teacher, um, just because she was really committed to getting you to learn, even if you couldn't get it, um, which was Ms. Poslick in my high school. And she was, like, I think she's Polish, and, like, she didn't speak great English, but you felt that commitment, Mm. and she really knew math. Like, she really loved math, so she wanted you to understand it. So, like, I I feel like she was really committed to, and it was calculus, too, so it was hard. Yeah, I still failed, but, I mean, (laughs) she was committed, right? And that meant a lot more. Yeah. Because I ended up having to take it a second. I wish my math teachers were that committed. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, they're not, usually. So. In grade 9, I got 51 math. And then I went to summer school and got a 52. (laughs) (laughs) No, you did not. It's like, I did improve, kind of. Yeah, math is... mm -mm. Me neither. Not my thing. Agree. I only was doing it for university. Mm -hmm. That I didn't even need. But anyways... Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, for me, it would be Mr. Ogino. He, he's not alive anymore, but he was my grade 5 teacher. Oh, and wow. um, he was very strict and stern, but also very... He wanted his students to succeed. Mm-hmm. And he taught us... Like, one thing I took from him was do things in excellence. And... Uh, back then, I don't know if they do it in school now, but we had to learn cursive. Yeah. And in his class, you had to write everything in cursive, or he wouldn't accept it. What? Yeah. Oh, so like cold my cursive blooded. now is epic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you see my cursive, you'll be like, "Did you even learn how to write?" <laughs> like what happened? Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, Mr. O, you know, he very strict and stern, but loving at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's Rest amazing. Peace. <sighs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll go visit him, hopefully, yeah. in the future in heaven. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thanks for playing. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> get into our interview questions. So the first one is, what's the story behind East End Vegan? So, the story. It's actually kind of funny because I wasn't imagining making cheese at all. Um, so I guess 2016, yeah, I can't believe it's this long, but anyways, 2016, I had left my job, so I was working in, oh wait, no, it couldn't be 2016, 2017, I left my job, um, and I was kind of playing around with ideas, so I was actually going to go into wellness coaching, Mm. that, at the time, that was something I was really focused on, but then... I also wanted to see more dairy-free options because at that time I was mostly focused on having better dairy-free options versus just it being vegan and that's because I was transitioning for a while um, and so I was like Scarborough has nothing like Scarborough has one option I tell Vital which is the best like vegan food but there should be more because like there's a lot of people who probably are vegan or dairy-free and I knew I wasn't the only person, so I was like, okay, I like, I'm like, i going to make something really good for myself. So I started making the cheese because cheese was like my biggest hiccup. Um, I loved pizza, but ugh. the mm-hmm. pizzas that were dairy-free were pretty gross. And so 
I was like, okay, I don't know if it's going to go on pizza, but I like it in general. I want cheese. So I started experimenting with recipes. Um, I was making cashew. No, I didn't make cashew cheese. I'm allergic to cashews. So I skipped all those recipes. I tried sunflower seed, um, and I tried the almond. So I was very lucky because the almond from the beginning was good. So I was like, oh, I can stick to this at least. Sunflower came out horrible. I never went back to that. Yeah, I was like, I I never heard of... uh cheese being made out of sunflower yeah so like nuts pretty much you can use any nut to make cheese but out of all the nuts i guess almond was also most the most affordable but it was also like it tasted great when i made it so i kept doing it and then i was experimenting with recipes so i was gonna sell lasagna and Mm. mac and cheese Mm. yeah (laughs) right i love pasta (laughs) i'm telling you i'm like i've been thinking about this all week like what am i gonna make with this pasta in my house i don't know (laughs) but yeah so i started doing that and it was delicious but then i really wanted to um get this out to people so i'm like i'll sell lasagna I'll sell mac and cheese. I made mac and cheese because that's my favorite food. Like, mm-hmm. a mac pie. Like, West Indian mac mm. pies. Oh, my gosh. Yum. Yeah, right? And yep. then, December, like, I was also driving Uber. I was super broke. So, I thought of, like, me and my boyfriend were like, hey, let's, you take pictures of people. I'll sell mac, mac pie and um, lasagna. And so, we called it Hustler's Holiday. And the goal was to make $10,000 in just a month selling this stuff. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, my dad was also like, hey, um, can I get you to put the cheese in a package so I could give it to my clients? So I was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. Um, And when I was putting it together, I put them in like these little jars in Dollarama. And like I printed the labels and all that sort of stuff. I just started researching. He was like, you know, this would be a great like thing to sell. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Um, it's like, and then my mom was also like, she the whole year she was like, you need to sell a product, you need to sell a product, and like, I try not to listen to her all the time, just because she can be very pushy. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, blah blah blah, pushing that aside. But then as the year came to a close, and like I had finally did this packaged cheese for my dad, it became more real. And so, I then looked into. I was looking into, they're like, you need flavors. So I started experimenting with flavors. And most people know about the spicy and the original. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I first started, I tried with black pepper. I tried like a more garlicky one. I tried jalapenos and I tried the scotch bonnet. And now the scotch bonnet is what makes the, the spicy and the jerk. Oh, yeah. Okay. So because of that scotch bonnet flavor, like that stood out the most. And I was also thinking like, we don't really have scotch bonnet as a spice. We always have jalapeno. We always have like sriracha, or we have like you know it's these true, like yeah. regular peppers that everyone is so used to, but they don't necessarily do anything special for changing what people are eating, or you know even giving them new flavors to work with. So then, that became my staple. So then February twenty eighth or sixteenth, sixteenth, um, I. Yeah, around there. In mid-February, I did my first market at UTSC. I applied, and they're like, oh, because I want to sell the lasagna. So UTSC, U of T, Scarborough campus. Oh, okay. I actually went there for university, and the year before, I was toying with the idea of selling vegan food, but I wasn't there yet. Um, And so after Christmas, after the momentum of selling, like getting these packaged cheeses out, um, and also making lasagna for a few people, I'm like, hey, can I sell lasagna and mac and cheese? 
and they're like, oh, we have too much, like, hot food vendors because there's, you know, Airmark, and, like, there's already food, and there's a union, and there's all those, like, political pieces, Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, oh, but I still have cheese, and they're like, oh, that's great, we need that, come on in, and so I did my first market, mid-February, sold out, I didn't carry a whole lot of jars, but I carried enough that there's potential not to sell out, so... That was just like, whoa. Yeah, I stayed up to like 2 or 3 a.m. Just like making signs like my, what you still see today, try almond cheese, try our almond cheese. Mm -hmm. That was still there. But yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And then from there, it just kept going. And then I'd look for more markets and I'd apply and I got into some. Summer was crazy. And yeah, the feedback was always so positive. And then... People are like, you should try this flavor, you should try this flavor, so now. That's so cool. Yeah. So your parents kind of were the spark, I guess, that, to push you a little mm-hmm. further. That's so cool. Yeah, because, again, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't focused on selling a product. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not this person who comes up with, I have all these great ideas, but I thought I'd be service. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be supporting a person versus giving you something that's a, that really works for you right. you know so that's awesome yeah shout out to my parents yes because they're, so, <laughs> they're like my mom's a hairdresser and then she started working for the school board my dad he's I want to say like a lifelong entrepreneur but he was in engineering and he's worked in management so long in different companies and done like consulting but both of them have this like entrepreneurial spirit so I've been super blessed to be able to see them do that mm-hmm. and like to take the risk and to try new things and yeah. just I don't know their styles of doing business is very different from each other like my mom's the ultimate hustler and like she can hustle and like, for real if she if she sold drugs she would honestly be like the top drug dealer hands down like she is that person but it's because she's so good <laughs> right yeah. I know so messed up but she actually is just such a good hustler like she That's knows sweet. how to and with not lying about anything, but she just knows how to sell. She knows how to, like, get things that people need or, like, make you think you need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's good at that. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad, he's just very, like, methodical, I guess. But the engineering mind, like, he's inventive, but also knows, like, that business professionalism. So, yeah, them coming together, it just it kind of put the spirit in me that yeah. gave me the ability to navigate entrepreneurship wow Mm -hmm. that's so cool yeah well thanks for sharing that yeah Um, one thing for me becoming a vegan cheese was the biggest thing that not the biggest thing but like one of my challenges giving up Mm -hmm. I loved cheese yeah and milk any yogurt but then over time my body started rejecting it same so yeah I, I had to let it go and like okay yeah to be vegan now (laughs) and for me like even prior to the business side of things my body was rejecting dairy and I had no idea so like my body wasn't like my digestive system wasn't working and like I would go to the doctor they'd be like oh you're fine but it's like "Mm." like I don't know if you want to share this on the podcast but like one thing you're supposed to be is regular and at the time I was not and that Mm -hmm. was for years and I'd go to my doctor because it's only my ex-boyfriend who's like no you're supposed to be regular and I'm like 
but I'm not. And my doctor said, it's fine. And he's like, mm, that's not, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I kept pushing and I kept looking into things. And that's when I was like, I did the sensitivities test. Cause like I had a job that I could afford to do these things. And like, I did it and found out I was like highly like intolerant to like wow. milk and doctor. <laughs> yeah. I actually like this year last year I put an end to that doctor. Oh, I was like, nope, man. never going back to ever again. And now I go to Thai Boo, shout out to them. Um, because they're focused on supporting black health. Like nice. so okay. you know what so I mean? Like finding those things. And it doesn't matter where you are, sorry to plug that in, but it doesn't matter where you are as long as you're in the GTA. Um, even if you're outside of like if you're in Pickering, whatever, they'll support you once you're black. Wow. Yeah. Definitely need to check that out. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so dairy-free was my first initial thing, and then I was like, I don't think I want to eat meat anymore, and I really did. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. I loved chicken wings at one point. Like, I could eat too much chicken wings, um, not even realizing that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so doing your own, doing my own research, learning a, a lot about food kind of just also pushed me into a direction to kind of fully be like, yeah, I guess I'm going vegan. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Um, yeah, a lot of research in the dairy industry and meat industry for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, also researching the whole idea that foods are either acidic or alkaline. Mm-hmm. So learning that our bodies thrive more when when you put alkaline stuff in. Yeah. And that's all like veggies, fruits, grains. Yeah. yeah. Like meats. All meats are acidic. All dairy is acidic. Mm-hmm. So. It's true, and learning those things, you finally realize, like, why your body's been reacting the way it was, and, like, you pay attention now to see, okay, why is my body doing this, or what is it in my diet that is not agreeing with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we gotta do it at some point. Yes. Well, I'm glad that you created East End Vegan, because I got uh, the original one mm-hmm. that the uh, Black owned should have asked you to I should have ordered more I know and I'm like like, man why didn't I I should have brought one don't worry we'll be we'll we'll make I'll make my way yes I gotta come to the west side I uh I put it on um English muffins Mm -hmm. and crackers so good right (laughs) just like that the spread and you know I've always loved spreads and I'd look at them like how can people create this thing Mm mm-hmm and now I realize, like, I'm making a yes. spread. Because, like, it just looks like this otherworldly thing, a spread. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just, spreads and sauces, they always made me, like, question life. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know how you put something together in this form. But, yeah. Question life. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. All right, so moving on to our next question. Um... So, East End vegan versus other vegan spreadable cheeses. What are some benefits in purchasing your cheese spread as opposed to another brand such as Daya? Oh, Daya. <laughs> I, I like Daya. You do? I do. What? I do. You're one of the odd <laughs> few that I've met. I know. A lot of people don't. No. I like their Jack pepper. Pepper Jack. Uh, pepper Jack shreds. Yeah. Because there's flavor in it to hide what's really underneath. Oh, oh yeah. 
yeah, share your share your. Um, what makes almond cheese different? Well, the almond, most cheeses are cashew based or soy based. Um, so because I don't have that in it, that automatically makes it. I don't want to say easier to digest, but for those who have cashew allergies, they have an alternative. Um, it also comes with a different flavor, from what I understand, because I don't even bother trying the cashew cheeses. Um, because again, like. I will noticeably break out and like, yeah, it's just not a good moment when you have an allergy. But anyways, so um, people say that the flavor is different um, between the almond and the cashew. Um, I don't know how it's going to work for hard cheese, so I'm still going to experiment on that. Um, when I compare it to Daya, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Completely. I like I yours think though. Daya I... is like the worst uh -oh. thing ever and it's one because 95 percent of the ingredients i don't know what they are and mm -hmm. i don't understand like i'm kind of tired of packages with like a bunch of stuff that i've never heard of mm -hmm. or things that like i'd have to research before knowing exactly what that is it's okay to research and find out that this is like a solid food mm -hmm. but it's not okay to research and find out this was synthesized through this mechanism. And mm. so, um, to me, that's one of the big things I look for when I'm looking at food nowadays. If it's whole foods, it's you're going to know the ingredients. True. If yeah. it's something that's been heavily processed, you're not going to really know what's there. Um, so, yeah, with the, a lot of mainstream cheeses, I feel like there's still a lot of stuff that people are unfamiliar with. Whether it's good or bad, that's not really my concern. It's whether I know what this is. Because also in the transition to becoming vegan was me saying, like, I want to know what I'm putting into my body um, so that I know if I react to it or if there's an issue, then I can pinpoint where that might be coming from. Right. Um, right. But if there's a whole bunch of stuff that I don't really know, then I can't even, I can't even figure it out. <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, when it comes to flavor, um, I love my cheese. But a lot of people do too, and I think it's like it's such a unreal experience, and it's humbling for me because I have to look at myself like I made this, yeah. and I can't believe that. So you should be so proud of yourself. I I am, but sometimes it takes me a while to realize like, whoa, Mel, this is you, and I cry about it sometimes yeah. when I see that like this is something people truly love, they're connected to, and like it's really solving an issue for them. Like mm -hmm. it's they're feeling it and they, they love what I'm doing and they appreciate it because appreciation goes so far. I'm like, I'm a very thankful person, mm -hmm. but to see other people thank me for something I just kind of was doing for Already. just, just for the sake of it, it, it's really amazing and very rewarding. Um, but aside from that, yeah. So also my cheese, you know, exactly what's in it. Yes. <laughs> you know, everything that's in my cheese, um, there's also no question about, like, um, if you wanted to know anything about the cheese, I would be happy to share every single detail. Like, where my almonds come from right now, it's California. And, like, mm. there's some people who are like, oh, well, California almonds are not good. But the reality is this is where I'm at in this stage of business, mm -hmm. and it's because I don't really know how to get other almonds. So things like that. I'm very transparent about everything with my That's cheese. Amazing. So even when I'm going to, like trying new things i will happily share that with people and i have it like farmers markets where i'm like hey i'm thinking of doing this and then they'll give me feedback so yeah that and flavor flavor is obviously one of the main things um because 
when you're eating food, you eat for taste as well as survival. But we are a society that eats for taste now. So if you're going to eat something, you can't sprinkle a day of cheese on it <laughs> and ruin the flavor and turn it into something way different. Whereas with my cheese, you know this is what you're getting. You're going to put on whatever. It's still going to come out mm-hmm. good. So that's a big piece. That's, that's cool that you're engaged with your customers and mm-hmm. you take their feedback. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I definitely love your cheese as well. <laughs> I, I like that it's, it's light. Like it has like a light, a light texture. Mix, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of not fluffy, but but it's like lighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And see, it's interesting because like I haven't had cream cheese in ages, um, even before I went dairy free. So I'm like, how heavy was it? Like it was I thick. can't. That's what I mean. So I'm like, I don't know. It is very thick. So when people say it's light, it's mm-hmm. still news for me because I'm like, what? would you be comparing it to that's super heavy Mm -hmm. like this seems normal to me Mm. but yeah yeah i appreciate that yeah yeah, i I love it because ways i I might describe it other people may not be thinking that way whereas the way you describe it i'm not thinking that way so it's like it helps me to now refine how you even describe it to other people so yeah i'll definitely look out for your you're talking about experimenting making like hard cheese mm-hmm. i look out for that girl. that no i am the hard <laughs> cheese a meltable cheese and a crumbly cheese Ooh. the crumbly cheese is probably a bit closer but i gotta go back in the lab the lab is just the kitchen <laughs> it's not anything serious <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome uh what are some highlights and lowlights that you've experienced since beginning your business so you said you started in 2017 mm-hmm well, so the ideas they, really started flowing then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, highlights. The response. I still, like I said, I cannot believe the response. Um, and I'm not a big business. And I feel like that's the biggest highlight. Only because after quitting your job, you go through a dark period of like not really believing in your potential to a degree. Um, because you did everything to get to this point that ends up being your lowest, but it's really just a pivotal moment where you realize, no, you actually have it all. And why you got there is because you do have it all. (laughs) Like you're good, Mm -hmm. like you're solid, you're still being guided. Um, so the response after stepping away from what society tells you is what you're supposed to do, um, into something completely different and then getting the appreciation that you're on the right path, that's been complete highlight and I never forget that um also um I guess people just looking out for me and sharing insights um I've gotten so much information from people who come and buy cheese so like the business keeps growing because of everyone not just me it's not because I'm just pushing this cheese no it's because everyone is like almost feeling a part of the business so they're kind of like hey did you check out this market hey you should check into this oh here's some like you should think of this food or you should think of adding this flavor so like I'm growing because of people and it's like I've wanted to build community or I've always been in community services up till like when I left the last job so it's almost like there's a community being built around this business and so that's kind of like that's just super dope yeah um because you don't think of that when you yeah. think business. And so um, that's one of the cool things. The low light, I would say, is balancing my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
balancing my time and trying to give myself the breakaway periods to like don't think about the cheese <laughs> don't like think. taking breaks yeah so like <clears throat> I try to and like communication I would say is another one like being able to say hey I'm taking a break versus just being like oh I'm I'm, I'm stepping away because like I feel like I'm letting people down and that's an internal battle I struggle with but um most people don't feel like that that's me that's just a me thing so getting out of my head sometimes like Mm. about where my business is or how things are going and like the fact that it's okay to step away and take a break and like those pieces because I know it's good for the business it's also good really good for me so just that part self-care too Mm -hmm. and time to just reflect and recharge yeah like I think that's so necessary but as a new business owner um you don't really know how these things go and then I don't want to say it's a low light but it's kind of like a frustration um where so it's weird because none of my frustrations are related to the business itself because I feel like it's going with the flow and I, the flow is perfect mm. um like even little hiccups like okay I need this equipment because I want to expand or I want to grow faster or I want to do this that will come and I believe that it will come and I'm working towards it coming so I'm not worried about those things but it's mostly like the impact of what people um and I can't say people like one or two people might say especially when it comes to can you call it a cheese that's just a frustration oh, yeah that's I'm like a, what's wrong with you guys yeah that, <laughs> that's a conversation that I've heard that's in recent times um even with not milks mm-hmm. milks now it's beverage but yeah now now like milk co- the company milk companies are like looking towards um like dairy free milk and mm-hmm. they're trying to take that title away like mm-hmm. milk oh, milk right yeah. and it's it's crazy because like this is really just a political thing this is literally just a corporation versus the people sort of situation it has nothing to do with like the consumer the few consumers who buy into the system will be like yeah you should differentiate but the people who just care about having good things don't care exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I <laughs> that's what i mean like if you call it a coconut beverage i'm like what it's milk because yeah. that's the reference point and i feel like we should be focused on what you reference it to versus oh but it doesn't have this amount the science behind it and it's like but that's my personal opinion on it. I think we have way too many lobbyists with the air of the government and who are still so focused on keeping all these new companies out because it's messing with their pockets. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go into business and you're only worried about the money, you're in business for the wrong reason, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Sure. Yes, you worry about money, but you should also worry about the impact you're having on people. Exactly. But, yeah, that's yeah. true. So that question of, is it a cheese? Can you call it a cheese? <laughs> like, shut up. But <laughs> you can't really say that. But, you know, if I could, I, I would probably say that to do, the, do like, you, three or four people. Do you come across <laughs> vegans that are like, um, like, is it vegan? Like, do they ask you, like, is it vegan? Because it says cheese. Yeah. Because that was one thing for me, because I saw cheese. Mm-hmm. But then your name's Eastern Vegan, so you're like, okay, <laughs> it's, it's vegan. I think. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, it, and it's a good, it's a fair question. I get a lot of people who are like, is it vegan? And I'm like, yeah, completely. And then I'll tell them the ingredients so they know, like, yes, it's mm-hmm. completely vegan. 
Um, but it's also a good opening for me to be like, this is the ingredients I'm proud to tell you about. Um, and it's just because that cheese word. Yeah. Um, and because I think sometimes they've had bad experiences in the past where people say something's vegan yeah, and it's, it's really not. not. Mm-hmm. Like my mom's one of those people. Like I made this thing. It's completely, there's no dairy. It's vegan. I put a little bit of cheese on the side. <laughs> it's like, no, mom, no. But you know, like she tried. I appreciate the effort. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then there's a lot of people who are like, so how is it? cheese and i'm just like it's just the reference point mm-hmm. you're gonna compare this to a ricotta mm-hmm. or you're gonna compare it to a cream cheese mm-hmm. so yeah thanks for sharing yeah <laughs> no problem um, i love talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love your energy yeah i'm connecting well with you so it's okay. um so this episode is part of a series I'm doing called Mind Your Business and it's to help other people that are interested in becoming an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. so for people that are aspiring to be an entrepreneur and that's um, something that I'm aspiring to with my baking um, what are some I guess practical tips that we need to take like in the beginning phases Um, the beginning phases be open to what people have to say Um, don't just shut it down, I would say. Um, but if it doesn't align with what your main goal is, like, so for example, um, people tell you a lot. They might tell you to change some ingredients. They might tell you to do that. No. If your product's good and you know it's good, go with that. But be open to hearing what the concerns are. Because then it may inform you, especially if you're hearing it a lot, it will help inform how you adjust or pivot so that your product either becomes better um, without changing entirely. So just be open to that and also be open to um, other business owners, like talk to a lot of them. People who are in similar roles as you, or if you do a farmer's market, talk to the vendors beside you who are selling food or selling something similar to your product because they do want to share what they know and they'll also give you good rules of thumb for when you're doing market so that you're not overstretching yourself or you're not um, underselling yourself. And so people will be very honest with you about like, if you're not making this much money or like um, one of the best things I learned was in food, always there's this one to eight. And so this is by another vendor who's in the food industry. He's not vegan, but he was telling me this is how he decides what market season. He's like, whatever the cost is, buy eight. Multiply that by eight, and that's how much you should be making. Or that's essentially around where you want to make when you're selling. Now, it's always around similar to that. So explain that. So for so example, eight, so like the, the cost, cost of, of the market, yeah. say it's like 20 bucks, you should be making eight times that. Okay. And like then the tickets that people are paying for, or like the cost? that's how much you should be making as a vendor. Oh, for it to be something that you consistently do and to continue making some some sort of money off of it, you should be making that. Now, for me, it's not consistent in every market, but especially when I'm trying out new places, it's a good rule of thumb to go by because then I make enough product to not lose too much or not to um, or to like sell out kind of thing. So that was very helpful, um, especially as a food vendor um, or a product vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, as food vendors, you can make a lot of money 
um, but not it's not consistent. So don't expect consistency in making a whole bunch of money every market or every event or every whatever. You kind of have to be strategic in how you choose your events because you could really overstretch yourself because you just want to be everywhere. You want people to know your product. You're excited about it. Um, but overstretching yourself is definitely going to burn you out sooner than it needs to. Um, and also know partly know where your market is but also take like a calculated risk I'd say so for example black market I don't want to say it was a calculated risk I just didn't know what to expect I was just like I'm a black owner (laughs) so I'm gonna go and try this thing and that's been my best market to date like no matter what it's always amazing best experience and like for example people don't have a lot of faith in sadly the black community as consumers because yeah they do sometimes look for cheaper prices who doesn't like that's not just a black thing that's a people thing mm-hmm. um and so they don't have much faith in that but they also don't have as much faith in black businesses um so giving like allow yourself to be seen by the black community if you're a black um, business owner mm-hmm. because times are changing it's not about poor customer service and like uh just trying to cut down your price um people will see you're a good person if you're committed to your product committed to like your business and doing it for the good of people and they'll buy into that um so yeah believe in black businesses believe in black markets um as a black business owner but also when you take calculated risk um know if you're going to a market for exposure or if you're going to a market um, because this is probably a really good sales opportunity for you. Um, because then you'll be able to decide, I don't need to sign up for all of these things. This is a great opportunity here. This is a great sales opportunity there. This is a great one just to make connections. And then you'll be able to decide um, how to spend your money better so you're not poor at the end of the year. Mm. Um, <laughs> but you also came out of it with some really good contacts, um, enough money to go forward, and then also just... Um, good experience to help guide your next year of business yeah i know it was a bit all over the place but very helpful and it reminds me of some conversations i've had with are you familiar with brown sugar adam and rainbow Mm -mm. no no they um they're uh vegan and gluten-free they sell vegan and gluten-free treats really and their cookies are shaped in the continent of africa oh yeah so were they a black market? Yeah, they were at the black okay, market. Okay, so then I probably know them. I there just are a couple. Don't, okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they were telling me that, too, like, because I was asking them for some tips, because mm-hmm. I'm going to be at the first black, t- Toronto Black Vegan mm-hmm. Festival next month. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, asking them about, like, the 411, and they talked about that, too, like, knowing your... Um, your goal for this certain event, is it to promote your brand or is it to make money yeah so they're saying for your first one it's just getting your name out there just focus on that absolutely so you're not you know let down at the end when you're like oh i didn't make this amount of money yeah and that could take a toll on you but that's also been a good check-in point for me because i know regardless when i started this it was to ensure like my big dream is to change the world for the better um no matter what i'm doing so i knew when i was making the vegan cheese the problem I'm solving is that it's a good dairy-free cheese that people can enjoy in many different ways. Um, 
and I love the conversations. I love people. I really like talking to people. So the days where I haven't made and I'm like, oh man, I didn't make this today. I always check in with myself like, but Mel, that wasn't the whole point. Right. And so like that helps you become a champion of your business because then you realize it's not just a money business. It's like, this is life. This is, you're trying to create better places, communities. You've impacted a lot of other people. So your business isn't just selling this thing. Your business is the impact you have on people too. And so that helps me to ground myself and remember it's not just about money. Um, Because when you start making money, you start getting, it's very easy to be like, oh, the money. I got to make sure I got to make the money, money, money. And it's like, no, no, no. You really got it. Like, that's another piece of advice. Keep checking in with yourself in order for you to stay grounded in what you truly love and keep your passion alive you have to keep reflecting on the fact that reflect on yourself regroup take time for yourself to remember what your focus is um and that will actually help you go further because then you could spend time visioning that's another bit of practical advice um, i have for business owners or anyone who's planning to become an entrepreneur vision 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 um think big and this is something i had to redo recently because last year was a year of doing the previous year was a year of visioning and my year of doing was only easy because the vision played out and made things possible that i didn't have to put my hands in so when you vision and you dream and you believe and you know that this thing's coming um things start falling into place before you have to make them fall into place. I'm getting kind of teary-eyed. I don't yeah. know why. This is really speaking to me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Keep keep hopeful. You, you got yeah. it. Oh you, ha- you got Tears it. Tears go <laughs> I'm a crybaby, so I'm a cry too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and then, yeah, don't rush. Don't worry about everybody else. Mm. I know that's, like, standard advice, but you really have to remind yourself. That's why the reflection piece is key because then when you start going on Instagram you're like oh they're doing this or they're doing that then you're able to say yeah that's cool but I'm doing my thing mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. very easy to compare mm-hmm. I, I sometimes do that too like people that are in my niche ve- vegan baking mm-hmm. I like see all their followers their content yeah. their pictures are so professional right the lighting trust me <laughs> I, I do the same thing sometimes I'm like man look at this cheese what <laughs> how come I'm not no and then when you hear that question like how come then you know like this is my ego speaking at mm-hmm. this point and this has nothing to do with the reality of how things are working exactly but yeah Thank yeah. you for that. It really, yeah. yeah, it really spoke to me. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I, I guess this kind of ties into the... Oh, sorry. Can I throw in one more thing? Sure, sure. Because I remember this was a huge piece for me. When you're starting, don't expect the people closest to you, or I don't want to say closest to you, the people in your circle, and even just the outer circle, the people you know, to be the ones to support you. Go to places where you'll see people you've never met before um, to test out your products because your circle, I don't think they're, they're not necessarily judging, but it just may not be for them. And that could be disheartening and you may feel discouraged to go forward with your business. So try to get into an atmosphere where you don't know most of the people or where it gives you a better scope on the market that exists because your friends are your friends because you guys have similar interests, but 
when you create a business, it may not be of anything of interest to them. Mm-hmm. So go outside of that. Yeah, you, you'll find some that support for sure. Um, but because most of them are in their own world, and you got to respect that people are just there for themselves to a degree. They're not selfish. They're just, that's mm-hmm. them, right? So yeah, to gauge a better audience, go outside your comfort zone. Try a farmer's market. It's a great starting point. If you can't do that, go online. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice too. Yeah, I definitely am learning to come out my comfort zone more often, especially yeah. with this podcast. It's helped me. So it's yeah. good advice. Um, <clears throat> and another question kind of tying into that, um, what are some tips specifically for first-time like people that are vending for the first time mm-hmm. at vegan markets or vegan events, but some specifically to vending. Um, first time vending, huge exposure. Like it's a big exposure opportunity. So I don't say think small. If you end up thinking big, it's okay too, because you'll learn a lesson out of that. Um, remember, it's for exposure. It's for the connections, and it's for learning. Um, so if you're a first time vendor, make enough product that you think is reasonable or maybe talk to someone and find out like how is this market so that you have a better idea of what to prepare for that market. Um, but generally just go in with the open mindset that it's going to be an exposure opportunity and that you're going to be there to really understand who's interested in your product and then um, for people who are very focused on learning about target markets or doing their marketing through target markets and that sort of thing, um, then for you, it's discovering that target market so that you can better um, inform or find your audience who's going to buy into your product and that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, first time markets um, and just be yourself, like really just be yourself. Speak with passion every time. Um, don't put on passion. <laughs> Speak with the passion that made you start that business. Mm. Um, because, again, people feel when it's true and genuine. They, they feel why you love it. And they might buy it because they love how much you love your product. You'd be surprised how many people are like, I'm going to support you because. And it's nothing related to the fact wow. being vegan or anything <laughs> like that. So, like, that goes far. So, as you begin your baking journey, like, and not even your baking journey, but as you begin your business, um, yeah, that first opportunity is about sharing why you did this, why it's important, and regardless of how many other people could be doing the same thing, you're different because you're you and because, like, your heart is within these these cookies mm-hmm. or whatever. It, your heart's in it, right? So, yeah, just be yourself. Um, and have fun like stay committed to having fun with that experience too great advice (laughs) a first a first vending opportunity is like so scary before you get there and then once you talk to like the first or two people you're like oh this is like just having a conversation with my friends Mm -hmm. but they're not really my friends but you know yeah yeah this is like just having a conversation that's kind of what happens and that breaks down your your like how scared you are um and yeah keep the passion alive so you don't have to necessarily sell people will love your product and give samples if you can Mm -hmm. samples are a big deal starting out um i know it can be costly sometimes so you eventually figure out how to make it like cheaper for yourself 
um, which is why I changed from crackers to stir sticks, because it oh, was yeah, becoming the, yeah, yeah it sticks. was becoming super expensive to get like crackers to the point where I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> this isn't gonna be good. Um, cracker, and then the other thing too is they can taste your product very easy like they get to taste it for real yeah. versus when it was on a cracker where it's like oh it's kind of overpowered by the cracker um yes it gives you an idea how to use it but you can describe that mm-hmm. um but samples are huge because as a starting point you're doing this for exposure as well as uh, gauging your market as well as letting people know i make really good stuff mm-hmm. and he needs to eat it um that will give them the opening and people just visit just because they want the samples mm-hmm. um even in that opening, people are always... I've, I've heard this at other markets where they're like, they just come for the samples, they don't buy anything. It doesn't matter. If they come for the samples and you make something really good, they're going to remember your sample and come back for it. So, like, if you don't even create that opening, then how would they be able to try True. your stuff? So, that's and how I look at it. tell other people about it, too. Exactly, and you want them to get excited because people will get excited when they have something good. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, take there's. <laughs> yeah, no, take it all in. Again, this is my experience. I want people to know these things happen, but your experience will always be your own. True. Yeah. Are you going to be at that market? Um, I haven't signed up yet, but I want to. So. You know it's sold out, eh? The oh, tickets. it is? The tickets. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a free event, but um, <laughs> there's like a waiting list now. Oh no. Tickets. But yeah, still apply like I'm gonna apply to be a vendor. I I've been stalling for other reasons, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a big deal. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. The I'm fir- so sad. first ever black vegan event. Mm-hmm. History. Okay, as soon as I get back <laughs> home, I'm putting in my application. Yes. If I'm on the waiting list, that is my fault. I'll still be Yeah, I don't know if there's a waiting list for vendors, but mm-hmm. for like people that wanna come. There could be. But I don't know. No, Mel. Think positive. Yes. You got this. Yes. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> so, so, you shared a lot of insight, a lot of tips. Um, this is definitely helpful for me and I'm sure for listeners. And just to conclude our conversation, um, there's some, some of my listeners, they're people that are considering becoming vegan mm-hmm. or are still in that transition. So what are some resources that you would recommend to people? Um, as you're starting out, um, do research on proteins. Um, people are very misinformed about protein sources, where you get it from, um, how to find it, how to incorporate it, um, and start a Pinterest board. That was like huge for me. Um, if you're looking for specific things, like if you're looking for West Indian vegan cooking, then you really have to go to Google um, or you have to go on Instagram and you have to find those accounts. But if you're really just interested in simple, like, I don't know, white food, <laughs> I don't know, you know what I mean? Like if you're just interested in like, I guess just any everyday meal, um, start a Pinterest board. It may not be that you follow that exact recipe, but it will give you a starting point for how you can incorporate things to make your meals vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then look into protein sources either using Pinterest, because what I like about Pinterest is it has the infographics. A lot of them are very easy to find. So it will kind of detail your um, vegan sources of this and that and this and that and this and that. And then it will also have boards and infographics that say, look out for these things. So mm-hmm. it kind of gives you a quick 
don't say no to these say yes to these um oddly enough i got this really good resource from PETA, and i don't like their style of doing advocacy but they have some really good resources especially if you're a vegan who's concerned about taste um, they have good resources for foods that are already out there that are vegan but i can't say they're necessarily good mm -hmm. for you but they're vegan so if you're interested in that starting point then you can go to PETA. They have some other things like, what's the strangest one? Like there was this, like vanilla pudding and it was oh. like, it was vegan. And I'm like, how? Yeah. This doesn't make sense. But again, like with that resource, it at least gives you some information for like simple things. And like, if you're looking for a sweet and you can't necessarily get to a vegan baker, or if you're looking for food and you can't get to a vegan restaurant, what's something small I can do if I go to the grocery store and get to make vegan? Like it's not just vegetables. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's not just vegetables. It goes so much further. Um, I don't know why people just thought it. And it's not I people. I thought that too, eh? Like when I first yeah. heard about veganism, I was like, oh, it sounds boring. Yeah, because it's just vegetables. But yeah. it's like, it, it's also our conditioning, right? Like this system literally will tell us protein is from meat. And now most of us believe that you can only get protein from meat. Like, yes, I was there too. Like, how am I going to get protein? I don't want tofu. And so now everyone thinks tofu is the only source of protein. Mm -hmm. And so we have to get around to doing the research, become comfortable with researching. Um, what's cool about veganism is it because you get comfortable with the research, it also starts your journey of self-love sometimes or mm -hmm. self-care um, because then you're really looking into what you're putting into your body. Um, yeah, and yeah, you don't have to, the self care part for sure. Yeah. For me, yeah, and you also don't have to become like an activist to be vegan. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I I don't know, just yeah, do the research. The research is worth it because mm -hmm. you learn so much in it. And um, carry food with you everywhere. Yes, yes. Carry. <laughs> Eat before you leave. Yes. When you go to a party because a you will show up. <laughs> And they will have nothing for you, okay? <laughs> nothing for you. That's so true. Yeah. So, like, pack snacks. Yeah. I, like, people don't realize the importance of packing snacks and things to go. It's so Yeah, true. so if you need to... Meal prepping is huge as a vegan, I think. Um, but the snacks, man. Mm -hmm. And find some good snacks. Like, I would also say, like, you don't have to be... People think veganism means it's an expensive lifestyle. It's really not. Unless you want to get certain things, like you want the best vegan meat, if you want the best of this, if you want like all the top premium vegan cheeses, it might, it's definitely going to get expensive. Yeah. And if you're going to Whole Foods for all your vegan products, man. I shop at No Frills. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. As a vegan, I can shop oh, at Food Basics. Yeah, occasionally uh, Fortino's for like the vegan butter. For certain things, yeah. right? But no frills is my spot. Yeah, no. And, like, <laughs> luckily, like, we're in a good age where vegan stuff is accessible. Yeah. Um, and, again, you don't have to have tofu if you don't want to have tofu. Mm -hmm. But tofu's not as bad as I thought either. Yeah, <laughs> like, I learned it's all about how you season it. Yeah, it is. That's what makes it good. I'm still experimenting it with it myself. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's all the way yeah. It's in yeah, the seasoning. And, and the last thing with that, it is in, in the seasonings, 100%. Um, if there's a food that's really hard for you to get that you want vegan, or it's a food that 
has been your like challenge in becoming vegan try to find as many ways to create that thing and if you can't you have to be comfortable with giving it up Mm -hmm. yeah because like vegan burgers for a long time i just was like i don't like them and i'd be forcing myself to eat them and then beyond meat showed up and i was like "Ah!" (laughs) oh my god and so like (laughs) that changed the game for me so i'm like i'm excited to go to aw i'm excited to like have vegan burgers because i know they're gonna be good now Mm. um i've never tried it yet i heard i heard it actually tastes like beef yeah i'm scared i'm like (laughs) will this put me back on but it's kind of cool (laughs) because like i used to love burgers like Mm -hmm. camping yeah burgers so I, i miss that aspect of having that juicy burger and even if you're vegan, it doesn't mean you didn't like the flavor of these things. You you could still have liked meat, and you might still like the flavor of meat. It just doesn't mean you want meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I think my brother and like some of my family members will be like, I don't understand why vegans are looking for all these meat substitutes if they're vegan. Should you just be eating blah blah blah? And I'm like, but the flavor. Mm-hmm. If you're a foodie, you like flavors. Exactly. And textures. Unfortunately, a lot of some of those flavors came from meat sources. So yeah. you just got to find different stuff. And then your your palate will change eventually. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I found uh, this recipe on YouTube. It's a vegan oxtail recipe. What? I tried it. It's so good, but definitely cut on the i'll send you the recipe yeah cut, cut back on the salt the amount of salt she uses okay, okay. Oh, too much okay okay she, uh, yeah yeah but the base is mushrooms um your mushrooms lentils, are a gift yes <laughs> yeah like, what's that and black-eyed peas mushrooms lentils and black-eyed peas and flour are the base of it yeah so it's like proper (laughs) it's plant-based like there's no like fake meat in it Mm -hmm. and what gives it like the oxtail look is the browning like you know this yeah browning yeah oh man it's but that's it like also dark oxtail that's what i i'm familiar with that yeah it it doesn't it's not as um chewy as oxtail Mm -hmm. but it still tastes really good i'm gonna try this see i want to get i want to do more west indian cooking Because right now, I feel like I've mastered everything but West Indian cooking. Honestly, Italian cooking is so easy to me, but I'm not Italian. And I might be missing some key Italian stuff, but I feel like cooking everything else is pretty easy in making it vegan. But West Indian food, I'm still, like, stuck in between because I want to learn how to make... There's, um... Is it Tamar Mason? I think that's her name. And she's a Caribbean chef. She's from Barbados, okay. and I mentioned her because she. I know she's was gonna. She's gonna give up the cooking journey just because cooking in Canada is very different. But she had this recipe, I believe, to make fish, a what? vegan fish, and I'm like, wow. okay, wow. all right. <laughs> so it's wow. real because I did like fish. I really used to like. That was my first thing that. I guess introduced me to veganism oddly but it was like my transition period between no more meats and veganism so mm-hmm. it was like but I really did like fish it was good yeah. so yeah and I think yeah. she used sour slop to make it there's also a recipe I found it's um Jamaican 
beef patties that are vegan. Oh, I've made, yeah, yeah. I've made that before. The, so good. The one I used was um, Edgy Veg. She's mm-hmm. a YouTuber, Canadian Toronto YouTuber. She's not Jamaican, but it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> no, trust me. Honestly, veggie <laughs> she, patties, she got, though. She got the seasonings right. Yeah. <laughs> that That's next. That's, yeah. Because I've made the vegetable patties, the vegan patties with just veggies, but I want to make the beef one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, that's all I'm going to do. <laughs> After work too. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the links. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, thanks. This concludes the podcast episodes. Thanks for being no problem. On. I loved it. And what I like to do is at the end of each episode, I just give some time and space for my guests to share their different platforms, like social media platforms, for any listeners that are interested in following you. So cool. You could share. Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, I'm at eastend.vegan and on Facebook I'm at eastendvegan and then my website is www.eastendvegan.com Instagram is where I'm most active um, and that's where you can find most of our information Cool. Yeah. or you can email us at eastendvegan1 the number one at gmail.com And that concludes episode 26 with Melissa of East End Vegan. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure that you share it with your friends, family members, and on your social media outlets. And stay tuned for the next part of this series where I interview Katarina of Dolled Up Desserts. I'm so excited for that episode as well. She is a fellow baker and she hails from Hamilton. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for your support. Take care.